It was early morning. I was going on one of my walks down to the water. There's that channel in between the beach and the bay where sometimes men fish side by side in silence, touting chlorine buckets and dangling shiny plastic lures. I had picked a mango off a tree during my walk. I needed somewhere to eat it where no one would judge me for pawing at the meat beneath the skins with my hands and teeth, juices dripping down my face like some kind of feral animal. Not sure why I was so concerned about decorum at this point. I was craving it so badly, I I had to have one. The plan was, I was going to rinse it off in a fountain, sit in the grass somewhere by myself, and go to town regardless of who might be watching. Then I quickly realized there were more people out than ever, each looking for their own moment to themselves, pinging about like a dot on a GPS map without regard for anyone else, single-minded, bliss-drunk navigators, a bunch of heat-sensing drones and Lululemon gear and neon sneakers bouncing off every surface in what looked like a free-for-all parkour orgy, blazing down the same path without an end in sight. I hurried down to the water with my mango, newly rinsed. Devil be gone, I'd washed my hands and now the fruit itself was also pure. The hues of the fruit, purple, red, and green, blended like a sunset. The skin was giving in to my touch, ripe and ready to go. Thankfully, there were less people in my usual spot, The sun was rising into hues of pink, orange, and light blue. Somehow the clouds still carried on. I gnashed into the mango, peeling and biting, sucking the sugary juices out of it, chewing with the dumbest look of satisfaction on my face, picking at the pieces of yellow meat stuck in between my teeth, rubbing my tongue over my lips for every last taste of sweetness. I heard loud splashes, a shout, then hushed voices keeping each other quiet. A breeze raged through. Paddles beat into the surface of the water, more than two. The sound of rubber hitting a light wake. I knew, but I wasn't sure until I saw their faces. There must have been fourteen of them on the raft, all wearing inflatable devices that were badly patched together, dirty and worn, The color of navel oranges rustled in dirt. Their faces were sunburnt and chapped. They looked like ghosts, their hair matted by seawater. A little girl clung to her father. She couldn't have been more than four years old. I couldn't tell who was being comforted out of the two of them. All of their faces were the oddest mix of pride and fear I had ever seen. Then they saw me, covered in mango juice, cross-legged in the grass, piece of hair caught in my mouth's fury. The paddle stopped. One man ducked as if he could hide. I waved. I didn't know what else to do. The waves lapped against the side of the seawall. They continued to paddle. Slowly they approached, gliding over the water like abandoned disciples unsure of who to follow next. The eldest among them, an older woman barefoot in tatters, stepped onto the coral rock without pause. She reached out with grasping hands as two men tried to prop her up. The minute she was close enough, she kissed the rocks. 
I looked around, panicked to see if anyone else had noticed, but somehow the jogging and the droning continued on. My heart raced. They all needed to get out. They all needed to move as quickly as possible and find somewhere to go. Somewhere far from the scrutiny of the fitness junkies and the pleasure hordes. Hopefully they had somewhere to go. Hopefully they had a plan. The elderly woman climbed up inch by inch until she could stand, breathing in the air with her arms raised. The others quickly rushed out, two at a time. They scattered and mimicked the pace of the people around them. It amazed me how quickly they disappeared. The last of them were the father and daughter. They seemed to be a bit nauseous, slowly finding their balance. The raft buoyed in place, circling itself. The two of them walked right towards me. I brushed my hands off on my shorts. The little girl was missing a shoe. Her foot dangled out from his embrace. Oye, serio, ¿cómo llegamos a South Beach? Estás aquí. You're already here, I said. Es diferente de lo que esperaba. I wondered how he saw it all in his mind before this. Dios te bendiga. Felices Pascuas. Y tú también. I'd forgotten it was Easter, but it seemed polite to wish him the same. Oye, permiso, ¿de dónde sacaste ese mango? Uh, por ahí, eh, uh, en los árboles, allá. Gracias. De nada. His daughter smiled at me over his shoulder, her tiny hands clinging onto his back as he climbed upwards. His sandals finally gripped onto the white, hot pavement. I followed them with my eyes as he carried her through the people. His head was high, but his eyes were darting around, and I couldn't tell if he was looking around in wonder or paranoia, but perhaps it was some combination of both. What was left of my mango was gone, devoured by ants. The raft was floating away from where it landed, drifting with the current. I hoped somewhere there would be shelter and food. The family waiting for them with open arms— I hoped somehow they would still believe it was better here than where they came from, and someone, someday, would prove to them that they were right. hungry. I guess everybody is these days. But honestly, I haven't seen anybody in quite a while. Not even Desi and Richard. Not even out on their balconies. Not for a while. Desi likes to sunbathe. Sometimes with a book she never seems to be reading. It's got a clock tower on the cover. Big Ben, I think, under a full moon. Birds or uh, bats flying across it. Richard fixes guitars. At least that's what I think he's doing. Stringing and unstringing. He never seems to strum more than one chord at a time. Maybe tuning them. That's what he's doing. Maybe the light on the balcony is good for that. But I don't really see how. They haven't been out there lately, though. Maybe Richard's guitars are finally all in perfect tune. So there's no need to keep restringing them. Maybe Desi finished her book. The one with Big Ben and the flying bats on the cover. Maybe. Who knows? 
I decided to go to the grill instead of the shop. I couldn't stand the prospect of waiting in line all afternoon only to come home with a sack of onions and nothing else. Nobody goes to the grill anymore on account of that video somebody posted of them reusing their old cooking oil. I didn't even know oil could go bad, but apparently consuming rancid oil can cause cell damage and eventually lead to some very unpleasant chronic diseases. I guess it takes a lot of rancid oil in your system to cause any real damage, though. And it's hard to tell from that video if the oil had really gone bad. You can't really believe everything you see online, I guess. Everything gives you cancer, according to somebody. Ron was behind the counter at the grill, as usual. I don't think I've ever seen anybody else behind the counter at the grill. Like, ever. I noticed his tip jar was empty. It's not really a jar. It's the bottom half of a plastic water bottle that somebody wrote tips for grad school on with a magic marker. Ron never seemed like the kind of guy who would be planning on going back to school, but I still felt bad that his tip jar was empty. Uh, I jingled the keys in my pocket as if searching for change, even though I knew there was nothing in there. Nobody uses cash anymore. Ron was in a good mood, considering. He said I looked fit, like I'd been working out. (laughs) I laughed, because I never work out. I didn't know what to say. Ron laughed, too. I ordered the boiled brisket sandwich with cheese. Ron said no brisket, so I just ordered cheese. He said no cheese, too, and asked if I wanted my bun grilled. I remembered the rancid oil, and I wanted to ask him about it, you know, set the record straight, but instead I just said, no thank you, and I took the bun plain. It was bright outside? The yellow light of late afternoon cut through the branches of a gumbo limbo tree, the dust in the air sparkling like uh, snowflakes. I leaned against the trunk to unwrap my no-brisket sandwich with no cheese, and the birds above me grew loud, chirping like tiny car alarms, hopping from branch to branch. They sound desperate, I remember thinking. And I looked across the swath of sidewalk, through the chain-link fence, where bulldozers were tirelessly ripping trenches into the earth, where pipes and wires and concrete slabs would eventually go, where kitchens and living rooms and personal gyms would eventually go, where people like me would eventually go. I broke off the top of my sandwich and laid it down at the roots of the tree. And as the birds, in a mad rush, descended, pecking at the bread in a cloud of flittering wings, I hoped... Maybe it would be enough to get them through till tomorrow. And their singing might continue. Though they'd be a little less desperate. I'm telling you, this microphone smells like a Payless shoe store. <laughs> it really does. I mean, I can't... If I, clo- if I close my eyes and sniff it, I'm wandering the sneaker section. What does your smell like, Jess? It's like the inside of one of those, like, nurse's shoes, you know? 
like a Oh, that's like used? Not you. No, you know like those flat heroes. loafers? Yeah, heroes shoes. Heroes shoes. That's what it smells like. Mhm. What does yours smell like, Matt? The grave? It doesn't smell like anything. It smells neutral. <laughs> grave nuts. <laughs> I'm free associating. Um so we are we're coming together for an extra special edition of Worst Plates on Earth because we missed each other so much because we miss everybody so much because <laughs> we're locked in all our houses for till forever or as Jess says till May fifteenth, as they say, as the crow as the crow flies, as the canary dies. The two birds in one cat bird seat and in one bush, two bush in the hay. Yeah, there's um <laughs> the stay at home order in LA hasn't been extended. So officially we may be let out of our homes on May fifteenth. I don't know. I I'll tell you, Florida's just been like a a mad parade of yoga pants and and like cor- like Corona lights for weeks. I mean, dude, well, my mom works at the parks different. department. I heard about that whole we're opening the parks. Never mind, we're walking it back. We have no way of policing this. No, but the parks are open. They're open. Oh, they no. have signs saying they're open. Yeah. Signs printed by a pr- an official printing company. Dude, I hear they were talking about like having people watch the people who are coming in and out to try and like police how much time they're spending in there, which is never going to happen. No. No, thank you. Florida's been pretty pretty good though. Like we haven't really had a a great rise in cases. There's not really great testing though either. Yeah, that's true. So like, yeah. I mean, has it leveled the, out? The, Have you guys? The reality is, yes. the curve. Okay, but the reality is, we don't re- like the CDC has been saying the whole time. Like, all these numbers are much, 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 much more than what we think they. Oh, are. we have because no way of knowing. No, there's still no testing. There's literally s- such little testing. I heard a lot of the swabs and materials come from Northern Italy. <laughs> Where they had that huge outbreak, right? Bellissimo! <laughs> C'est bon! So they're way behind, yeah. Yeah. No, we have them available in California now, and no one... I mean, they're running out. There's not enough for everyone. So I could only imagine. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. It's, it, the whole thing is weird. Um, and we... So this episode should be coming out on Cinco de Mayo. We thought that was appropriate because... We love this holiday. Because we're, dr- we're drinking. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, we are. I've got a rum punch. But I wish still, you guys could have still could have deep, come up and recorded in person so we could go to Tequila Sunrise. Exactly. Oh, that place. One of our sponsors. One of our sponsors. Tequila Sunrise. 60-ounce uh, head-sized margaritas. <laughs> one of our unofficial sponsors. I think Caleb and I went up there for the first time after we recorded this podcast. For the first time, yeah. on Matt's suggestion, and we like literally shoveled that liquidy salsa right down our throats and drank those big giant margaritas and ate those huge like, enchilada plates. Acted like there was no virus in the air because there wasn't. No, just those there like wasn't. inflatable Corona bottles hanging from the ceiling. Lots of those. I miss those. I know, me too. I miss those. You know, the mark of a good Mexican place is when they make each nacho like individually. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no. You mean they don't just like, glop them if, on like Flanagan's does? Yes. It's not like Flanagan's. Flanagan's is like a mound of oh nachos. What do you mean make tequila each sunrise? Nacho. How do they you do mean that? Nacho, nacho, 
Not each like nacho each chip. is fully cheesed. Each yes, each chip is fully cheesed. How is that even possible? He's talking about the cheese to chip ratio, or the how is that even possible? There's they no way that them... they take each chip and yes. nacho it individually. Their chips they were nacho, put it on a plate. They nacho each <laughs> chip. No way. I'm that. telling you. Matt is fantasizing about going back there. It's the most inefficient way to make any kind of food I've ever heard. Well, I've only ever That restaurant will go out of business in 10 Caleb, minutes. I've only ever seen it's like eight people. One of the best things to get there. I've only ever seen like eight people in their top, so they could very well have somebody back there who's the chip cheeser. <laughs> the chi- the, chi- the, the, the nacho chip, artist. The, chi- the chipperator. The, the nacho artist. <laughs> nacho artist, my artist. Nacho artist. Well, happy Cinco de Mayo, future people. Um, yes, happy future Cinco de Mayo, future listeners. Austin will be out of their homes. So will all of the weird protesters who've been gathering on Huntington Beach out here and wherever else they congregate. Ugh. As of right now, we are still in our houses and I'm still sweaty as hell. Oh, dude, it's 100 degrees in the valley today. I'm dying. I'm in a tube top and I'm still dying and it smells like Payless. She's still up in here. <laughs> but to be fair, Jess, everyone in a tube top is dying. <laughs> oh, it's never been truer than in our current state. I mean, yeah, you know, we all got to go. We all. It's accelerated by certain other aspects of their environment, you know. Sure. Climate, like coronavirus. How close how close their stool is to the bar. How close their titty is to Joe Biden. Um <laughs> Oh. Deep cut. Deep it's always cut. on my mind. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to reckon with the fa- not to go into politics, right? Again, just dive fucking head first. You always do it. But in fairness, <clears throat> Joe Biden's uh body part of choice is the shoulders, apparently. I don't He loves he, them shoulders. He loves to rub those problematic. Shoulders. This whole thing mm. is problematic for Sleepy Joe. It's really Sleepy bad. Sleepy Joe better go back he, to the he, fun house. He apparently hasn't been that sleepy. No, yeah. that noodle won't sleep. In his past. Mm-mm. He wants some. Yeah, I don't like playing this game of choose your rapist. It's not my favorite right. uh, way <laughs> right. to choose a candidate. <laughs> really really I haven't heard it put that way yet, but choose that's what it feels your like. rapist. <laughs> yeah, not crazy about it. Well, I mean, that's what you get when you put a bunch of old old malarkey and a white dudes <laughs> <laughs> just drip it in there and then you end up a payless that that malarkey is old but but if you think about it back in the 80s that malarkey was sizzling yeah because he wasn't jumping through a window you know while a bunch of girls are in their robes like woo welcome to my fun house like he's you know a little Subtler now, I guess. I don't know. He, he well, just likes no, the mean, photo ops. You, you could make you could make the you could make you could make the claim that he was even subtler then than mm. his opponent. Sure. Who who was just walking into the dressing room? He's going to be taken down. It's going to be this whole thing. If he gets elected, he'll get taken down. Then everyone will call it the hypocrisy that nobody took down Trump. And then you know it's not going to matter. What, what? I just I can't. I don't even care. Let's talk about something more cheerful, like let's talk about all the uh, underlying anxiety we are all, we are all feeling. <laughs> no, you know what's great? Okay, Caleb introduced me to Nick Cave's um, blurb. What his Q and A with his his bl- his, blarge. his blarge. 
he has this like page for fans where he answers all their questions in depth. And he had a great passage about quarantine where he's like, you don't have to be productive, just support other people. You know, you, your art can be reaching out to a loved one or, you know, you don't have to feel this anxious need to, you know, participate. You just take it as it comes and like reflect. And I, I thought that was really great. That's such a fantastic sentiment. I had a conversation with my dad today when I was driving back from the park. And I mentioned that we were recording this podcast today and that it was a quarantine edition and that you had both written a quarantine-themed story. And he said that he he writes and he'd been thinking that he would have all this time and wanted to write, but he hadn't been motivated to do it. He's like, it's almost like I have too much time and I just don't feel creative. And I said, look, I I mean... I had all these aspirations of creative things that I was going to do with with all this extra time and I haven't done much of it either. Yeah. So it's it, it's not something that um I think is it's not healthy to feel guilt about no, that. No, I and l- this is a thing that I think is like really I feel like it's one of the reasons why um we wanted to do this particular episode in the middle of this thing we're all going through because there, for a while, there was this kind of collective idea that if we're not work, we're not working our normal jobs, and we're not like commuting our normal commutes, and we're not like experiencing like the normal traffic in our lives, that we would all be just like doing all these incredible things, all the things that we'd wanted to do in our lives and never had the time to do. And it's it's a it's a it's such this like. Uh, I don't know if it's American. This idea that like this this exceptionalism, this like it's a hangover from capitalism, right? It's a tells us that like that tells us like we we should always be producing. We should always be creating. Otherwise, what is our worth? Be outputting something because if we're not, then we're worthless. Yeah, and I and I think that that's like really a, a a a. I think that concept is what's making so many people feel so like lost and 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 depressed right now and anxious because i feel like what a lot of us want to do is just like curl up in a freaking ball and like weep for the world that seems to be lost and 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 grieve over all the things that made us happy that we don't have access to now and that actually would have been the more healthy way to uh move through this time i think you know some people process trauma differently though i think some people process their trauma by they have to go through this period of like over productivity and distraction and like it's deeper for them you know i mean i definitely went through that at some point this feels like stages of grief you know? Yes, yes. But if you look at it like that, instead of looking at it as like, oh, you have all this free time now. Yeah, yeah. Like, go, go and write a novel. Go go plant your garden. <laughs> right. Get your body right. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, it's insane because... Make sure you're ready uh, for the market reopening and for your job to come oh back God. and for your, you exactly. know, to be worth something again. Yeah. I think that, like... It should be regarded as heavy as it is. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not nothing that like our ways of being are no longer. 
and I think it's like it's a it's a it's a fool's errand to go off and think that like you can just suddenly be creative in other ways without feeling the weight of that. There was right. an article, and I, I wish I, I wish I had it in front of me, uh, that I saw early on once the lockdown started, and I think it, it maybe it was the new the New York Times fake news. Um, it was like uh, the article was something like, or might have been Medium. Also fake news. Um, and the, are you okay, the, Caleb? Are you? Yeah, I'm fine. It's okay. <laughs> I, okay. I was thinking about Alex Jones. Um, <laughs> He's been on the, my mind too. The title of the article, I think, was What You Are Feeling Right Now Is Grief. I think that was the title. Oh, of the yeah. It was in the New York it. Times. I read it. Fake news. Um, but Alex Jones, I, relax. Man. You know, we have to look out for these conspiracy theorists because they've been really, on a high like, key level this whole time. Like, they haven't I had really a break. I think that's true. Like, like I, for one, um, have it's like if i think about it at all it's like it's like a baseline anxiety that's like always there and it interrupts everything i try to do it's made me feel like i have add or i'm i'm or ocd or something well there's that underlying question of what is the point you know what are we returning to yeah like why am i working on a some film script when like movies might never exist again. And I and and maybe that's extreme, but like it's possible that like all of the engines of our existence are going to be different. If it's any comfort, LA is going to be back in production very soon. I just saw a bunch of breakdowns and and people I know who are already working in like weird six feet safe distance, you know, circumstances. That's fine. But like there was a CDC report that just came out that said like, here are the three scenarios that are going to happen. Mm-hmm. And every, every one of the scenarios said that like, that the virus is going to be with us for at least another two years. Yeah. And that it's either going to have a big spike in, in the fall, or it's going to have a bunch of small spikes um, in the fall, or it's going to have like, a bunch of smaller spikes that happen over the course of two years. I'll say it now. I think but it's going to be a big scenario, one. It's going to be a big one. Every, every scenario suggests that like people are going to continue to get sick and people are going to continue to die. Until we get a vaccine. <laughs> until people have access. Even with the vaccine, because the vaccine is, is at least a year away. Yeah. I mean, that would be in record um, time, wouldn't it? Or something yeah, like this. Yeah, that's why it's at least a year. So like, yeah, like two even to four the vaccine, years. The the report that just came out said that um, basically what it said is that until seventy percent of the population of the Earth gets the virus, until that the happens, vaccine. then it starts to go away. Yeah, but that's like crazy yeah that you, you saw my expression it. i can't yeah all of us i want to get that um what's the test what is it called when it you find out if you've ever had it oh, the, it's called the, an iq antibody. test stop <laughs> it's the antibody, antibody test. thank you i was about to say anthropomorphic which is not it's a, uh, not what happens <laughs> i wonder if this mic got it wait a little bit on that test because it seems like it's spitting a lot of uh fall either false positives or false negatives like the what's test weird and what's weird about it's spitting anything is that you have to spit 
to get it to work in the first place. Yeah. Oh my god, with the word play. You know, I'm not the excited about taking about the test the... and having that swab in my brain, but you know. It doesn't go into your brain, Jess. <laughs> it just goes up your if nose. If you get sick, well... if you get sick and you have that the the actual test to see if you have it, it's it's right almost on your brain. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's up in your nasal cavities. Like it's don't you it's yeah. rubbing right your brain, there. dude. Right here. Like it's the Egyptians your used skull. to do to rip that shit out. You guys, it doesn't... <laughs> That's true, man. It's so close to the brain, Caleb. <laughs> Look at but the you know diagram. What else is <laughs> I'm screaming. You know what else is close to my brain right now? This microphone. No. That doesn't mean it's actually close it's to my like brain. in here. <laughs> it's much... I'm telling you, it's way... It's button up onto the brain. It's button up on it, all right? Uh, and if yeah. one little slip and it's right in your in your one frontal little, lobe, one little slip and you're, you're dripping <laughs> spinal fluid out your ears. <laughs> Thank God you interrupted me, oh Lord. But anyway, I'm <laughs> proud of you guys for continuing to write. And Thanks, Matt. To the other artists, you know, everybody chill because you can't expect it to be, ins- and everyone can't expect it expect you to be inspired by what's going on now because we're living in like the absence of inspiration. Yeah, you know. I mean, well, because because what at least for me, like the th- what inspires me I- is interactions with people. Yeah, <laughs> and like I find myself not even you know like y- you walk down the street and and half the people are in masks and like you walk around them. you know it's like weird it, it's a it's yeah, a people are afraid strange... to say hi they're afraid to interact i always forget when i have the mask on that people can't see that i'm smiling at them right so I'm, now i'm yes. staring at them and i'm and i'm smiling and i'm like oh my god i wonder if they can tell because yeah, they, otherwise no, it looks i look like, like, like kevin bacon in the invisible man like no, with my because, sunglasses okay. on and my you know i don't know what look at you guys you guys can see me so look at what it looks like when i smile look at what my, what my eyes look like Oh God! Please don't ever do that now again. Now imagine if you can't see my smile. Yeah, you just like a cover, weird cover your pedo. face. <laughs> weird. A pedo? That's like a bike that. It's like a. It's that like you a use bike. in it's Portland. Like one pedaled bike. Yeah. It's like a one pedaled bike. Yeah. It's used by people in Portland. Like yeah. You know, I was gonna say I feel weird because I feel this weird anxiety of like, be productive now because when your job starts, you're not gonna be able to get all those things done that you thought you had time to do, and you know. Um, yeah. That once that starts up, I'm not going to be able to let that out. But I've also like, I don't, through the time I've had to reflect and relax, my brain, which is usually like so constricted and I feel like stressed out, which is not a great state to create in, I have been creative and I have been producing a lot. Not that I, you know, not that all of it's good, but I, I have this compulsion where it it makes me feel better, you know, like yeah, I need mm-hmm. to do it. It's helping. I mean, it certainly awesome. it, it you know. certainly can be an antidote. Yeah, I guess. and I don't I, know what I think else to do. This stuff feels antidotal too. Yeah. Um. So does this realm. And I mean, like you know, you know the the the, the stories. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm drinking it too. Um, the stories that that Jess and I wrote uh, for this special. WPOE edition uh, were both written for uh, a project by Theater Lab, yeah. which is which is a theater connected to uh, Florida Atlantic University down here. 
Um, and they were doing these virtual uh, online uh, readings of monologues to raise money for artists, uh, theater artists uh, down in Florida. And um, I, my story was sort of like, it's, it's not, it's different than the other stuff that we've written for the series because it's, it's sort of a, projected uh other dimension it's sort of like if if this if our quarantine lockdown world were extended another you know 20 years or something (laughs) um what would that be like uh and i just wanted to I, i wanted to express kind of more of how this whole thing feels rather than what it looks like and i think like a lot of a lot of a lot of the art and 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 uh a lot of the stuff we've seen the stories that are being told and the articles being written um these days are are, are mostly focused on what it looks like like what this looks like or what this will look like or what to expect yeah. it's all about projections on the market and and the restaurants and and like our culture and our society like what what this looks like and there it, it's macro I, it's not like an individual I haven't, humanist I haven't expression seen, <laughs> i haven't seen a lot of stuff about what it actually feels like yeah and i think that's what, what i feel like that's what we should be talking about yeah because everybody is feeling this weight and it's important that we recognize it and we don't just act like it's gonna it's gonna just suddenly go away which is why i brought up that cdc report which talked about it going on for two years like two years i i think we just have to accept that there are certain aspects of this experience that are going to be with us for a long time and we should be talking about how that makes us feel you know there's going to be a lot of therapizing is that a word yeah for sure, sure. The, they're going to be uh they're going to be working their tails off yeah which i think is good i feel like we need to start to reject the idea that there's going to be a sudden change or some sudden shift, and then life is just going to go back to normal. Right. I think that that's just not true. Yeah. And there are ways to accept kind of the new paradigm, but uh, and, po- and positive ways to accept it, and positive ways to to experience it and deal with it. But I think we need to accept the idea that it's just not going to like suddenly tilt back to how it was before. So, you know, I miss Payless. Um. <laughs> I've been sniffing no. this microphone the whole time. Like, literally fantasizing about just, like, looking at shoes. I don't even have, like, a shoe or a foot thing. Like, I feel like, I don't either. You know? I own, like, I own two pairs of shoes. But I, like, I'm, I'm like, literally... It's a... Nostalgic smell. Wait, so what? Okay, let's say this thing is over in like two weeks. What are we gonna do? Like, what? What are the things we miss what, the most? This thing is over. What do you mean the the Look, world? I, 
<laughs> yeah, when I when I turn back into like uh, the essence of whatever my carbon matter is, or, or when I become something else, oh. no, uh, you know, like let's say when you become the dust off a unicorn's horn. Yeah, and then I float into the atmosphere. You flit and you fly. Listen, back into the. I want a Viking funeral and then i want to contribute to the production of like sea moss you know just like it's hard jess it's hard to do a viking funeral with social distancing yeah unless someone owns a flamethrower yeah well, someone's got to have an archery kit or something or like s'mores at the end of a very long stick that they just set a flame and shoot me with it It'll be it's a tasty a hard, device. Hard. No. And also, like, a Viking funeral, like a virtual Viking funeral, is the saddest thing that I can imagine. Like, yeah. I just saw somebody's Viking wedding funeral. was had a virtual wedding. They had pictures of everyone in the pews. I'm like, this is, just call it off. Just keep the money. Like, I'm not, why are we doing this? You know? Just get married in hell. <laughs> just go jump off a cliff together. <laughs> it's very romantic. <laughs> oh my god well i guess we're not doing the whole hope angle and talking about the things we miss that we want to do again soon but that's fine i okay so i oh is that what your question yes, was caleb oh my god i was asking yes matt and caleb what are the things like oh i'm gonna go to flanagan's and eat a like three things of firecracker shrimp or Wait, Jess, what's Flanagan's? Stop. You're not allowed oh, to say that on this podcast. Come on. You have to... Yeah, well, you have to... Now you have to... Oh, to people who aren't from Florida? Yeah, you gotta... There's like three people in the Netherlands that listen to this. How do I even... It's a sports bar and grill that's also a liquor store. A chain. A chain. It's not just one. Tiny chain. Um, like a tiny chain. Matt needed to come yeah. in quick. He was like, listen, don't talk about Flanagan's without me, okay? Wait, Matt, I feel like you really want to intercede here. It's like a, it's like a seafood. We already did Flanagan's. Yeah, we did. We did like it, a few Caleb. episodes we back. We did. He, this is. I don't this remember. Is we brain. It. This is your brain. Flanagan's on. is already our sponsor. They're amazing. It's like they're a, not. They're, we can't they are say amazing. that, but unofficially, they are. Yeah, they are. They sponsor this show. <laughs> we all have Flanny cups <laughs> they send in our us, hands right now. They send us three hundred pounds of fried Yuka. frozen fried fish. <laughs> And 40 <laughs> giant green plastic cups. Oh, dude. And with a note that says, do whatever you want with this. Keep talking and about it. And two like pink hard. glittery fishing lures that have been hanging in one of their oldest stores forever. <laughs> and a picture of a child holding, holding a giant lobster. Yes, we did talk about this. We talked about it in the third episode. Well, okay. What? You remember back to the third yeah, episode? That was like yeah. That was like 25 days ago. Um, <laughs> 25 days ago, I was kind of normal. All right, so I never went uh, off and no taste in my mouth. <laughs> Wait, so is your brother okay? <laughs> my brother is in New York. He, yeah, he had coronavirus. Sorry to blow up your he spot, dude. He did. He had oh. it. Um, he. But he's okay was, now. Yeah, he was like hallucinating and stuff Whoa. in his fever room. That wasn't just the while. ayahuasca and the heat, yeah. or it wasn't just oh, like no, his, his like acid acid uh, trip. Uh, what do you call it? A his, recall? Uh, oh, um, flashback. Flashback. <laughs> Thanks, man. Acid recall. A, acid recall. <laughs> That's a Tom Cruise uh, movie. No, he's that better. He's made. he's better now. He's better now. Good. Good. He, he coronavirus it. Um, but I think like almost everybody in New York is going to have had it. 
probably Dude. when this thing is said and done. Um, but wait, what were we talking about? Flanagan's, yeah, that's oh, right. Oh, we were talking about checking. the things, the the things oh, that yeah. you would do, the things that you missed that you would most like to do. Well, I I, I was talking about this. Excuse me. With um, Caleb, did you just burp? <laughs> no, I I, I I I spat a butterfly out of my gullet. <laughs> they grow down there. Um, uh, I uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about this, um, who I was illegally hanging out with uh, the other day, and you know the thing is honestly the thing that I miss the most is like going to like a bar. And sitting yeah. with people I don't know and talking to them. Like, it's a yeah, super I, simple thing, but like, absolutely. That for me, is like a big part of my relationship to the world. And uh, even when like I travel or whatever, like, it's always, that's always like a big entry. That's like, that's the entry point yeah, for me. Other human beings. Like I go to, yeah. I try to find like the most local place I can find. And I go in there and I sit down at the bar and I talk to the people who are around me. And like th- that is, comp- has been completely absent. I even miss like getting hit on by sad drunks, you know, <laughs> even that part, which always really annoys me or like getting into a fight. You, even that. You can always get hit on virtually by sad drunks, Jeff. <laughs> Oh, I know. That's been happening a lot this quarantine. <laughs> but I definitely don't miss talking to strangers at bars, but I do miss talking to my friends at bars. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I like strangers more than Matt does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me too, though. The last time we hung out was pretty much the last social event that I participated in, and it was like the day before it got really crazy and, yeah. and stuff started closing. And like that, that was really fun. I missed that. Yeah. But not the other people that I didn't know. Just (laughs) (laughs) Or the people who were present who may have had coronavirus, but that's fine. Um, But I mean, I, I, I honestly, like I've met probably half of the people in my life, friends of mine, I've probably met at bars or at like, at like music shows or at, Mm. at like places where random strangers convene to experience yeah. something together that's how i meet people out in la for that's sure cool. yeah and i think it's it's just very hard to exist in a world where that's not possible it's that's weird. the hardest thing for me it's really weird well it's weird like roaming the same halls every day and creating this and like, travel and, you know, and honestly traveling too i mean people are wearing traveling. masks in their cars in la I'll be at a red light and I'll look over and someone's got the full gear on. I, I, saw, I don't do that in my I car. Saw, yeah, I see that here too. I saw a mask wearing a mask <laughs> under a palm tree <laughs> on the causeway and no one even noticed it because they were all just running around without masks on. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, we'll have some good news soon. <laughs> I'm glad we're still doing this, though. There's a big pot of gold uh, at the end of this for whoever figures out the best treatment or vaccine quickly. We're just so behind. We weren't testing. We weren't tracking. We weren't even recognizing the reality of it. Pulled out of the. There's like um. It's gonna take time. Oh, the World Health Organization. Yeah, Yeah. Pulled out of the. Come on. But but we also pulled recently pulled out of some. We also pulled out of re, re, recently, like pulled out of some like uh, European 
like there's some European. Is it the ETU? The uh, there, you guys, I don't remember. But it was like some cons- it was some communal effort in Europe to come up with a um with a vaccine or treatment, and the U.S. was like, oh yeah, we're we're not we're not gonna be part of that. We're gonna do oh, it ourselves. Um, Brexit. We're gonna, yeah, Brexit. Yeah, right. We're just gonna inject ourselves with Lysol and be fine. Oh my God! Wait, have you guys seen Years and Years? Don't. <laughs> it's been so traumatizing. It's this. Uh, it takes place within the next like ten to forty years, and it projects all of these, you know, what ifs with this like prime minister who's very Trumpish, Trumpian, whatever that term is now. And uh, who's just like spouting whatever people want to hear, and all these other terrible things are going on. Just like this master of deflection. Yeah, it's and it's within our reality. It just extends it, like all the problems that yeah. we have into the yeah. It's and it's so on people the people seem to like it. Yeah, no, it's good. It's just hard to watch, especially now. It seems like we're hurtling towards this inevitable disaster i don't know maybe it's a cautionary tale maybe we should watch it and learn from it i don't know it's definitely not entertaining for me right now it feels like torture but anyway i'm still watching it do you guys want to tease anything that you're thinking about down the road for wpoe well we have um another episode that is almost ready uh i recorded it um it's in Sarah Solomon Garcia from Bunnell, Florida. Uh, she's a woman who loves rats. We're affectionately calling her Rat Lady. <laughs> yeah, affectionately calling her Rat Lady. And I, not to spoil anything too much, but there is like a big rat loving culture out there. <laughs> I don't know that people know this, but like. There are a lot of people that keep rats as pets and are like really into rats in general. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I was one of those people. Um Is that what that movie Willard yeah, so was that's, about? That's coming up. I um I think so. can do you guys want to talk at all about the music for this one? Because we we wanted we oh, wanted yeah. to we wanted to score this ep- episode with music that was specifically made uh during the lockdowns like stuff that people made while they were stuck in their houses and stuff and yeah that's that was sort of the idea uh me and my friend mike or michael as i guess is his stage name he's an adult um but mike as i call him we reconnected we were really close in in college and and after um i mean that's been a great thing about quarantine is i've heard from so many friends and people in my life i didn't expect to like you know, I don't hear from them every day or, you know, we haven't connected in a while. And he had been noodling around with music, like just playing, you know, not really thinking it would go anywhere. And I heard it. And I mean, I had been listening to it in my backyard. Like this is, you know, really great, like music, ambient and otherwise. And uh, I played it for you guys and we all liked it. And he's like super stoked. He's a, he's a guitarist. I mean, he, he works in different mediums. Um, He's like really into picking and rhythm guitar and like he plays lead and yeah, I I haven't heard him play in forever. It's the craziest thing. Like you can, when you know somebody and you hear their music, you can kind of like hear their, their thought process and like watch them progress and like move through the, through the notes. Um, 
Yeah, it just worked. Uh, so we're using Mike's music that he wrote during quarantine when he was like... <laughs> is it Mike? Mike Fabano, Fabano. from New Jersey. Fabano. Shout out. Yeah, dude. Thanks, Living in Mike. Bushwick. Yeah, man. I think guitarists more than any other instrumentalists work in those smaller pieces of music like that. Because if you if you can get a good riff or a good hook, like you can build a song around that. And I just don't... I know guitarists do this a lot, but pianists don't like work on little licks on the piano and then blow out a song around it. But guitarists, that seems to be like how bands kind of um, grow songs, and it's really cool. I, I liked hearing his work, you know, from that little nucleus. Yeah, like and that. he like you know he was just messing around, like he wasn't you know. It's pretty awesome. I I miss hearing him play. I used yeah. to hear him play a lot, just like you know around <laughs> so i'm glad we got to and collaborate matt you will have like collaborated a little bit on the pieces that oh he added a beat yeah to there's one, of one no yeah there's one um i at the time of this recording i have not actually laid anything down but there's one of the riffs that he sent that it just kind of triggered something in me. I was like, oh, I hear this with this and this with this. So you'll probably hear that right now at the end of this episode. Oh, cool. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. That's, that might be where I think I'm going to put it. I'm going to put it at the end. <laughs> That's the future. You do that. Everybody. You do that. These things are made all out of time. I thought you were going to say phone core. Things that happened in the past then end up in the future. Yeah. It's weird. Mike, if you want to use the version with my drums, you need to contact me and pay me. Okay, Whoa. brother. <laughs> <laughs> He's been so cool about this. He's like, do whatever you want. I don't care. I was like, really, Mike? Yeah, okay. well, we'll see about that. Yeah, he's going to hear it and be like, what is this? No, he's fine. He's totally fine. I'm kidding, Mike. You can use it. I'm kidding too, everybody. I'm not. I'm dead serious. <laughs> I'm dead fucking serious. All right, y'all. Hey, how about I don't edit this one? All right. Just edit out like that weird all? stuff at the top about <laughs> being on your knees in a Payless or whatever happened. That was all you, Jess. Oh, clearly yeah, that was edited me. at all? I feel like... Shh, Matt, don't let them know we edit this. <laughs> <laughs> all natural. We always, well, you know, for like... You always sound this for, silky and this... For coughs and thumps, that kind of thing. We actually write the banter, and that, then we have people in the attic perform our voices, like Millie Vanilli did. We, <laughs> yeah, this wait, is all scripted. Had, vi Millie Vanilli had people in their attic? Wait, not, I don't know why I pictured them in the attic. <laughs> I think... They had Millie Vanilli... So the truth about Millie Vanilli is that like they weird had... weird middle-aged white people. They had indentured servants in, the, in their attic... <laughs> And they were actually performing all the music, and they fed them with biscuits and rice. This is coming. They from had to put them some... in the attic because they, so no one would see them. Right. Yeah. I think I merged the documentary from VH1 with flowers in the attic. So I'm like, I don't know. I'd... That is a that's a great <laughs> musical idea right there. Millie Vanilli mashup with flowers in the attic, the musical. Girl, you know it's girl, you know. No, it's girl, so you know good. It's... It really is great. It's really a great idea. Don't tell anybody about it, Jess. Too late. It's over. I set it into the Payless mic. It's out there. I'm telling you, this microphone, I'm going to sleep with it tonight. I'm going to just sniff it into slumber. He said he didn't have a foot thing, but now it's confirmed. 
It has nothing to do with feet. It's a it's mic like, equipment thing. It's a sound equipment thing. See how close you can get it to your brain. <laughs> it's like it's a little bit like it's a little bit like the smell. Do you guys remember cassette tapes? Oh yeah. No. Jess does. Of course I do. 20, I used to buy them at she, Specs. Wait, how old am I? Je- Jess is nineteen years Thank old. Thank you. I'm nineteen now. Caleb um, said I am. There's a little bit of like a new cassette tape smell to it too, which was a very yeah. specific thing. Oh, yeah, dude. I know what you're saying. I, dude, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, totally. I, what's your? So, do you guys have? Did, Jess, did you ever buy cassette tapes? Yeah. Or were you like already in, like by the time? Like, I mean, CD-ROMs are pretty huge, but I had a lot of cassette tapes. CD? Did you say CD-ROMs? I mean CDs. <laughs> I mean cassette discs. <laughs> CD-ROMs were pretty important back then. I'm an Android. (laughs) Everybody knows. We purchased things like CD-ROM and VCR. (laughs) Wait, what was your point? It was about cassette tape. What was the first cassette tape or only cassette tape or whatever you ever bought from a music store? Because I remember what mine was. Oh, my God. Oh, that's tough. I do remember my first CD with cassettes. I don't care about your first CD-ROM. My first CD-ROM. I think my first bought cassette was 1984, Van Halen. Ooh, wow. Wow. That's amazing. What about you, Jess? Did you even ever buy a CD? Well, I'm 19. Um, What? My first tapes were uh there were three of them i bought at once there was some tony braxton cassette tape some celine dion and uh the spice girls uh like spice something i must have been like seven or eight years old that was a threesome it was terrible you went you went to the music store all by yourself no i was with my mom and this is my mom wanted to hear it in the kia too so this is what i was allowed to get i remember i wait kia's existed it was like a kia sportage with one of them, you know, like tires and life vests in the back or whatever the fuck. Oh my God, the Kia. Hot. It was hot. My mom and I got down in that. I probably wouldn't have bought them that much anyway because the move was just to get blank cassettes and tape your songs off the radio. Oh yeah, I remember oh, that. Oh yeah, I made a lot of mixtapes on cassettes. That was my my jam. Like I did that for... I certainly remember that. I would listen to Casey Kasem. Oh dude, yeah, we Casey the radio. Kasem. Oh God, he died. Finally, we're probably we're probably done with this episode by now. I think. I know, I, Matt. <laughs> or not? When do we when, when are we cutting this off? My first uh, cassette tape purchase. Was, oh, we didn't ask you. I'm sorry. Yeah, no one cares. <laughs> it was um. We care. Midnight Oil. Midnight Oil. Do you remember? Oil. Do you remember that band from Australia? Uh, Wait, were they like a one or two hit wonder? Kind of. I feel Wait. like they were kind of I feel like they were kind of a thing in Australia for a long time. They were a thing in the in the US for like a couple years. And they had like uh that song um Oh yeah. How do you sleep it, while your beds are burning? How oh, do you yeah, sleep yeah, while yeah, yeah, your yeah. beds are burning? <laughs> Remember that song? Yeah, of course. That, <gasps> but that was around the same time as Van Halen. It was like mid eighties, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah probably mid eighties, maybe early to mid, early to mid. Yeah, cool. That's a good oh, one. Wow, it's actually kind of. How old are you? When your beds are. Uh, I don't know when that came out. I think that probably came out in like eighty nine or something. Oh so my god! I was like. You were like fifteen. 
No. I mean, whatever. You were weren't born yet. Yeah, I was fifteen. I was fifteen. I was hot. <laughs> Everyone was hot at fifteen, or they really weren't. I had a mustache and a Camaro. Afuera, saying good night, adieu, adieu to you and you and you. Goodbye forever. <laughs> never coming back. Closing the door on my bunker. I don't care if they reopen the parks. My bunker door is always open. I don't know why that sounds that way. Since <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long quarantine. No, oh, well, have a great life, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>